to heaven because of how I have experienced God's love in my life. So I pray that happens to all of you guys tonight. Um, So we're going to be looking through the book of John, the gospel of John, and uh, we're looking at the miracles of Jesus. And some of you might be like, well, what's a miracle? And, you know, that could be someone being healed in a radical way, someone 
uh, from a wheelchair walking or, you know, uh, even someone who's died being raised from the dead. But also miracles are how God works in the mundane, simple, extraordinary, unique ways in our lives. And I ask you guys this as I asked myself when I was praying and preparing for this message. How has God worked in your life this week? Has God worked a miracle in your life that maybe you didn't even realize? Because they can happen in big ways and they can happen in little ways. I'll share a, kind of a big one for me. Uh, I have a pretty old car, and one day, um, it's been really cold out this week, my buddy David was driving by, and I decided to put my passenger window down to say hi to him. You know, we're having a great conversation, driving, and don't do that. And uh, I, get, I get to the parking lot, and I go to roll up my window, and it wouldn't roll up. <laughs> and, I, and I don't have a garage at home, and I'm like, oh, man, like, what the heck am I going to do? Like, my window won't come up. And I'm like, I put so much money in this car, so I had to go to a meeting. I went to the meeting, and I came out, and I was just praying. I was like, God, please somehow fix my window. It wouldn't go up, wouldn't go up. And so I'm getting ready to drive away. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try one more time. And it went up. And I, like, freaked out. You know, I was like, thank you, Lord. And I know some of you would be like, dude, that's crazy. You're, it just freaking worked. Like, it wasn't God. <laughs> and that, you know, whatever. Like, apples and oranges. But I think the Lord was in that. And I'm thankful for it, so I'm going to give him praise. <laughs> um, you know, on more of a serious note, uh, my buddy Dre Brown's here tonight. And uh, a lot of his teammates here from the football team. And... Uh, you know, Dre came up to me uh, last week, and he came up to me with just this look in his eyes, a, a warrior look. And he said, Ryan, I'm, so, I'm tired, man. I'm tired of being so close but not committing all the way. And I want to commit all the way. I'm, di- I'm tired of messing around. And I was like, dude, let's pray right there. So we grabbed two of his teammates, Ryan and Jeff, and we prayed right there, man. And the Lord's touched this dude's life. He's not only gathered a group of guys who have committed to not drink for the rest of the semester, but the dude started a Bible study the day after he got saved. You know, and as I look around, there's probably 10 football players here tonight, you know, and like God's doing something on this team and God's doing something through this movement, through this family and through, the, and through our lives. And it just starts with a simple yes. And that's a miracle, guys. That's not a coincidence that one of his teammates came and then got him to come and, and it's just a ripple effect. It's like, a, it's like a pebble in a lake and it's a ripple effect and now he's going to affect others and now the teammates here for the first time are going to impact others. Just like Lauren last week, it grows. God impacted me nine years ago. I would have never thought I would be here. Who knows? Maybe one of you will be up here in a couple years. So that's a miracle. Um, you know, there's this theme, and there's this, or not a theme, there's a myth that I grew up believing. And uh, a, a person in my family used to say this to me a lot. And she'd be like, Ryan, you know, you can only, get, you have to help yourself. God helps those who help themselves. Has, have any of you ever heard that before? Yeah? Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. <laughs> like, we think that's a Bible verse. It's not. And like, and, and you know, people would say, well, you can only, t- only talk to God about the big things. He's busy, Ryan. Don't talk to him about the girl you like or the test that you need to pass. You know, don't, don't talk to him that you want to be a starter on the football team. Don't talk to him about those things. He's got hungry people to feed. Ryan, shame on you. People are dying of cancer. Hey, have any of you guys ever heard stuff like that? That God's too busy for us and he has a lot of big problems to worry about? Well, I want to say that's a lie. Because God cares about the little things in our lives. 
I'll be really honest. I'll be really vulnerable right now. Those of you who are my friends, you're going to know how vulnerable this is for me. But, man, I'm kind of going, getting a little thin up top, if you know what I mean. And you can't see it, but trust me, it's there. And I freaking hate it. No one in my family's bald. Where the heck is it coming from? I don't know. If it's something my diet, like, what the heck? I'll even be more vulnerable. Yep, I'm going to say I'm freaking using Rogaine. There we go. <laughs> There we go. If that's not vulnerability, I don't know what the heck is. <laughs> so, but man, like, like, I pray to God about that. I've literally been like, literally, guys, this is weird, I know, but hey, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm trying anything. I've literally placed my hands on my head and say, in the name of Jesus, hair grow. <laughs> so if it's that or Rogaine or, I don't know, Miracle Grow, if that's what I got to try, like, I don't know, what the heck, but... Um, you know, but he, I think, I believe God cares about that, you know, and who knows, maybe I'm meant to be bald, maybe, maybe I'll even look cuter then, um, or, or more manly, more tough, yeah, that's a better thing, um, so, uh, but man, God cares about the little things, guys, um, you know, I didn't get saved till after I was done playing football, I'm sorry, I talk about football a lot, I just love the game, I, I just wish I could still play, maybe I can, you know, hide out in your uniform. That sounded weird. Put your helmet on and like, yes, yeah. Jimmy can give me a poster out um, or Jeff. Um, and, uh, but man, I, I remember after I got saved praying for, I, I, I just loved to play, even though it wasn't, you know, Friday Night Lights anymore. It was backyard football or intramurals when I went to college or whatever. But it made the game so much more special because I invited God into it. And I, I pray, I'm like, God, no matter how I, if we win or we lose, or if I play good or terrible, I just play I can honor you and reflect you on the field and off the field. Man, he packed me so much. And I'm like, I wish I could go back and play. Even though I get to do other things, I get to do things like this. And whether my message stinks, I hope you guys didn't come out to hear me or hear anyone else, but I trust that God will move. And that God just matters. So, we're going to look at a scripture, and uh, I want you to have this theme in mind. Do you believe that God cares about the little things in your life? Maybe the silly things in your life, the girl you like, the guy you like, the tests that you need to pass to be eligible to play football. That's a, well, that's a serious thing. But, you know, whatever it is, do you believe that he cares about the little things that you care about? We're going to look at a story, and where most people know this story, they think the miracle is Jesus turning water into wine, and it is a miracle, but I believe that this miracle even points to a deeper miracle. So will you read the scripture, the word of the Lord with me? We're going to look at uh, the New International Version. Uh, we're going to look at John chapter 2. And it says this, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me in matters like this? Jesus replied. My time is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six, six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews of the ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. 
Then he called the bride, bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine, the best wine, and then the cheaper wine lastly after the guests have drank too much. But you have saved the best till now. This is the first of the miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He, he then revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. So, so let's put ourselves in the story, right? So we're at this wedding you know, maybe you're like me and you're trying to dance, you're trying to keep a beat, you know, you're hoping, you're trying to get enough courage to ask a girl to dance with you, or opposite of girls, guys, yes. And um, you're, trying, you're trying to have fun, right? And suddenly, the, there's, no more, there's no more alcohol. And your mom calls you over and was like, hey, all the wine is out, pretend we're Jesus. And like, could you imagine when he's like, he's like, mom, why are you telling me? This isn't my problem. Like, she grew up with Jesus. She knew what Jesus was capable of. She knew who he was. And Jesus is at a wedding just trying to have a good time. But yet his mom says, hey, can you take care of this? And I love when he's like, woman, why do you involve me in this? And she doesn't even give him a second thought. She just says to the servants, listen to what he says. And I love that so much because that shows how close Jesus was with his earthly mom. I mean, this is the, the, the God. This is the savior of the world. And the first miracle he does is turns water into a wine at a wedding. I mean, guys, let's check this. The, the, kegs, are out, uh, the kegs are out at the party. Um, can you do something about it? <laughs> like, like, you're God. You come from heaven, and that's the first thing you do. But you know what? I love that. Because it shows how much he cared about his mom. And I believe that's why he did this miracle. He showed that it mattered to her, so it mattered to him. I think this is kind of a silly little thing. But it was important to Mary. So it was important to Jesus. And I wonder what's happening in your life right now that maybe is kind of silly in the world's eyes but it matters to you, so it matters to your Father in heaven. Do you trust that he cares about those little things? That he actually wants to show you how much he loves you by even amazing you in a little? Think about it. You know, it, maybe, maybe it's something like this. I lose stuff all the time. <laughs> And I pray, God, can you help me find this because I have no idea where it is. Or my car window breaks, you know, and he, he, he helps in some ways. Not saying I always find myself because I definitely don't or my car always will get, you know, fixed. But do I trust that I can talk to him about these things and that he can listen? That you guys don't have to come to a live to experience God. I'm gonna say something risky right now. You don't even have to go to church, guys. Honestly, I feel like church is eating vegetables. So vegetables are good for us. It makes us stronger. It makes us healthy. You know, there's some people in other countries that are a lot shorter than us because they don't have the nutrients and vegetables that we have. It's good for you. I love church. I work at a church. But you don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. Just like you don't have to eat vegetables to be a person. 
God lives in your heart when you ask him to come. That's weird. That was, thank you for laughing. It was really awkward in here. <laughs> Whoever laughed, I'll buy you ice cream later or something. Um, <laughs> thank you. But, man, where was I? Worship was just so good. I just messed me up. <laughs> Can we just worship? Everyone's like, come on, Ryan, just hurry up. We came for the worship. Let's be real. Taking too long. Um, but man, I don't even know what I was saying. Who cares? Um, yes, God cares about you. <laughs> um, seriously, though, guys, he, he cares about your lives. He wants you to marry the right girl. He wants you to marry the right dude. He wants you to, to be the athlete that you want to be. He wants you to be the student that you want to be. He wants you to be the, the, the brother and the sister, uh, the, the best sorority girl, the best frat dude. Like, he, he cares about you guys. God's not some mean God looking down from heaven who, who has a wand and a microscope looking at us, waiting for us to mess up. That's what religion tells us. That's what the enemy wants us to think. But I promise you, if you let him into your life, if you ask him into your heart, he will amaze you. When I was 21 and I asked Jesus in my heart, honestly, it was because I hit, had hit rock bottom. Everything else that I put my hope in had just failed me. I thought I was with the girl of my dreams. I, I mean, but it just wasn't filling me up like I thought it would. And I'm like, I don't know what else to try. And I'm not saying life is perfect. Life is hard, and I fall down. But I have someone there to pick me back up now. And that's what I love about this ministry because we're called to be a family. We're not called, I know it kind of gets crazy in here and I go crazy, but we're called to meet students right where they're at. You know, and I, I have some good friends that are students here that I've just built relationships in and they've called me, they've texted me when they're at the bars. They've called me when something has happened and they need prayer. And that's what this family's meant to be. That's why the student leaders are here and the coaches are young adults to so just to be a support, to be someone who's a little older than you, to meet with you, to walk with you through life because life is hard and the enemy doesn't want you to know who you are. But God's created you for amazing reason. We say it all the time, but you're alive for such a time as this. Do you believe that? I wanna look at one more story as we end the chapter and this kind of shows us a different aspect of Jesus that points to a different, another miracle. And we're going to start, we're going to pick up at verse 12, and it says this. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and the disciples. There they stayed there for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Then he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like picturing like someone making a whip and, and whipping people like out of a mall. Like how crazy would that be? They would get arrested. Probably, ta probably tased by mall cop. Where's Paul Blart, right? Um, <laughs> um, thanks for laughing. Um, <laughs> um, so he made a whip and he, he drove them out of the temple area. Uh, both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins and the money changers, and he overturned and flipped the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority, to really prove who you are? Jesus answered, destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. The Jews replied, it has taken us 46 years to build this temple. They were probably thinking, are you crazy? 
it has taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his, of his body. After he, he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed in the scripture, and they believed the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs that he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need people's testimony, for he knew what was in them. And I love this so much because, you know, as you, as you read this, you might think, you might think, man, like, Ryan, I thought you just said God was cool. I thought you said he cared about the little things and the silly things. But we also see a different side of God that I believe shows us a miracle, that he stands up for the things that need to be stood up for, that God does care about the serious things in our lives. He cares about our righteousness and our holiness. And, and guys, that's not something like God's going to punish us or, or come after us. But, you know, he, he, got, he got upset because he saw his father's temple that, that took 40-some years to build and, and that was holy, that was special. And people, like, didn't even care. They turned it into, like, a flea market. You know, maybe you think about something that is very important to you. I reference the football team again. Maybe it's your team room. And people are, you know, from another team are in there and just, just made a mess of it. You know, or, or maybe it's your bedroom or whatever it is. You know, picture this. If you, you, your, your parents have a really nice house, they're going out of town for the week. And they say, hey, will you watch, will you watch our house? And, and you have to go work for the day. And so your friend comes over and they have a huge party and they jack up your parents' house. Imagine how upset you would be coming home to that. You entrusted your friend with something. And your, your, what is special and important to your parents is ruined. Guys, when we see the picture in the story of God flipping over tables and getting upset, he doesn't get upset at us. He gets upset at the enemy who's taking advantage of us, who's messing up his holy temple. Guys, his holy temple isn't some freaking building that was built with stone. Our holy temple is sitting in this room and is each and every one of you. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be his holy temple. He'd Got, he, he let himself be nailed on a wooden cross and he went into heaven so that he could send us his Holy Spirit. And he said, when you ask me into your heart, me and my Father will come and make my home in you so that it's not just you living and it's not just me living, but it's us living. When people say, Ryan, you did such a good job or, or, or sometimes you know, I'll be like, man, man, that worship or that, that talk was amazing and they're like, oh, it was God. And I'm like, no, it wasn't because guess what? If it was God, it would have been better but it was you and God because God could have did it himself and then you could have did it yourself but he partners with us to use us to live in us for such a time as this. So whether, whether we eat too much, whether, uh, you know, we're losing our hair like me, whether we're sleeping around, whether we're doing whatever that is not destroying our lives internally and externally. You know, have you, have you guys ever seen the movie Avatar? Yeah, it's a little old. 
but it's cool. There's a new one coming out. Um, so there's this dude, there's this guy in a wheelchair in the movie, and he, his bro- he's a twin, and his brother was in this special like military op, and he was going to have an avatar body, which is basically like a blue alien. I know, it's a really good movie, actually. It sounds really corny. Um, but, uh, and he was going to be, you know, his brother was going to get to like live in this body somehow, some way. And his brother ended up dying, so they used his twin brother, who was in a wheelchair, and when he, the first time he went in this body, I mean, he, he puts his the feet, you know, in the dirt, and he just starts running because he gets a new body. And for the first time in a long time, he remembers what it is to, to use his legs. And it's like, guys, like, that body, that avatar body was so expensive. These aren't our bodies. I know that sounds really weird. But God, again, I talked about it last week. We could have been an animal. We could have been a dog or a cat. We could have been a little insect on the wall. We could have been a freaking bird. But God chose you to be his son, his daughters, to be alive right now today. We didn't choose to be us, guys. You know, some of you are really amazing athletes. Some of you are brilliant and are in engineers and are going to have and make way more money than I ever will. God's given you guys gifts, my gift. I believe it's to inspire people, to awaken people, to know that they are born for a reason, to know that they are a son and a daughter, to know that they are alive for a reason and they're not a mistake. What's your gift? Because I promise you, if you ask God to use you for his glory, for his name and his fame, he will, guys. You're not here by accident, and that's a heartbeat of a life. You're not here by mistake. When you have this revelation that you have been chosen, that you have been bought with a price, every day you wake up, you realize that today is a gift. Today is a gift to be alive. And I promise if you ask Jesus in your heart or if you have Jesus in your heart, he will amaze you. Keep saying yes to him. You know, for guys, this might be a little weird, but it's like he's asking us to dance. We We might not know how to dance, but will we trust him? that he will lead us on the way. All we have to do is say yes and get up, from, get up from the bench. I promise, guys, he'll use you. I never, ever thought I would be in this spot. Not all of you are gonna be up here. Some of you are gonna be athletes. Some of you are gonna be in the business world. Some of you are gonna be doctors and nurses. Some of you are gonna be teachers. And do you believe that God will use your life to inspire and impact someone else? I do. If you don't, or if you're unsure, put God to the test. Ask him to prove himself to you. It's what he did to me. And that's a miracle of how he'll work in your life. So as we end, I'm going to call the worship band back up. And um, I want to leave you with three challenges. I want to ask you guys this week. Ask yourself, is God working in my life? Take some time out of your day. I love listening to music, but maybe take your, ear, your, your iPhone, your, yes, those things out. <laughs> or maybe before watching TV at night, take 10 minutes and just ask yourself, how did God work in my life today? Maybe it was someone texting you right at the right moment. Maybe it was a song that inspired you. I don't know what it is, but I promise it says if you search for the Lord with all of your heart, you will find him. I promise he's working in our lives. Just like the wind. We can't see the wind, but we can feel it. We can't see God. But if we open our heart to him, we can feel him. 
The second challenge is believe it. You know what? Believing that it's not just a coincidence, that it's just not a random thing, but it's actually God. The other day, I work, at, uh, I, I work part-time at the church, part-time at Game Day Sports on Green. Come check me out. Uh, <laughs> Mike works there. We'll give him a discount. We can do that, right, Mike? You're higher than me. Um, and uh, I feel like there's someone else in here that works. But, oh, yeah. Susan's, uh, this is Susan Majors. Her husband owns it, so she kind of works for it. Um, but there was a girl there named Heather, and she lost her earring, and she was really upset about it. And they, they all know who I am and what I'm about. And I just said, hey, Heather, are you comfortable? I know this might be weird, but can I just pray that you find it? Because I believe actually God is going to help you find it to show you that he loves you. And she was just like, no, I'll do that. So I'm praying. I prayed out loud, and I prayed for her, and I prayed in my heart. And I said, God, I pray that Heather will find it so she knows it's you. I pray I or the other people who are looking for it won't, but she'll find it. And as soon as I prayed that, it's the Lord moving right now. <laughs> as soon as I prayed that, Heather found her earring, and it was in the most random spot under the register that you couldn't find. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, Heather. I'm like, I'm literally no joke. I just prayed that you would find it so God knows that he loves you and that he's real. And she, like, she was like tearing up. And like, guys, like, right when that happened, my mind was like, that was just a coincidence, Ryan. You're freaking crazy. I am crazy. But like, it was God. I believe it, right? What are we going to believe? That it was a coincidence or that God actually hears those little silly things because it matters to us, so it matters to him. Do we believe? And are we going to choose to write that down and believe and stand that God is moving and working in my life? And then lastly, I leave you with this last challenge. So ask God how he's working in your life. Write it down and believe that it's God. Write it down so you can remember when you look back in a year and you're having doubts about the Lord, remember how he has worked in your life. And three. Man, he, he was in the NFL. He was the captain here when they beat Ohio State. He's a busy dude. He's on TV. And we've been talking to him about coming to Alive, and he wanted to, but he's really busy. And Jimmy sent me a text about coming here for the first time last week and how he felt and experienced something that he, he could never explain. But he knows God's changing him. And Ryan sent me a text about some of the other football guys, Adam and, and Jack, and, and coming and, and how, how God's just doing something on this football team. And I just sent that to Jay just to bless him. Because he was a captain, linebacker here. And he's like, bro, I'm so busy, but I'm coming. I'm coming next week because God is doing something on this team. And God's doing something on this campus. And the testimony of Jimmy and Ryan inspired Jay to come. And honestly, guys, there's probably going to be a lot more people next week because Jay Lehman's coming. So there's power in our testimony, but will we have the risk? Will we take the risk and step out in faith and share? What are you going to do when our backs are against the wall? Brad, can you hit those lights, please? Father, that there's nothing like your wonder 
And I, I've asked Susan to, to play this song, and it, every time I hear this song, it, uh, it just stirs my heart. You know, you ever see one of those married couples who are like 80 years old, and they're walking down the, the park, and they're, they're holding hands, and they're just so in love. Man, it's really distracting, but it's okay. It's not their fault. You know, if they're 80, they're probably not in the bedroom every night, right? <laughs> like maybe they were in their honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Yep, I went there. But um, it was such a serious moment, too. But they're so deep in love because they know each other and they've been through the trials of life together. And they've stood behind, they stood by each other's side through it all. That if there was a room of 50 to 100 people, they could recognize each other's voice because they've lived together, they've cried together, they've laughed together. I believe that's how our relationship is with God, guys. That it's a journey. So wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through, if you feel close to him, amazing. If you feel far from him, amazing. Because you know what? You could be anywhere else right now, but you chose to come here. And I believe God's showing you right now that he cares for you. And he's willing to meet you in the small ways. And he's going to meet you in the big ways. That you don't have to clean your act up. That you don't have to fix yourself up. But he'll meet you right where you're at. Because that's what a good father does. And then he'll use you in amazing ways to change everyone around you. So God, I pray that we can be like those, that married couple. With our spouses one day and with most of all with you one day. And God, I pray for my brothers and my sisters and I can say that because we're family in you, Jesus. And I pray that you will inspire and awaken us, God. That when we look in the mirror at night and we look in the mirror in the morning and we look into our own eyes, we see a glimpse of your eyes looking back at us. That when hard times come, because they will, we'll lean on you knowing our Father and our Savior is with us every step of the way. So God, let us not lose our wonder. Let us not try to figure you out. But let us be amazed by your love and your presence and your word and your truth. Have your way in our lives, Jesus. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our King. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder.